0: Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. If you want to partner with us, or if you're interested in more information, head over to brave.church to find out more. There you'll see resources to help kids learn more about Jesus, discussion guides for this talk, as well as ways our Brave Compassion team is responding to needs in this season. To catch the full Brave release, including worship and other updates, check out this talk on YouTube. Now, thanks for joining us. We hope this talk helps you find and follow Jesus.
1: Merry Christmas, everyone. Worship team, thank you for leading us in Away in a Manger. Away in a Manger always makes the list for one of the most popular Christmas carols. I love Christmas carols. How about you? You know, one of the most famous carols of all time is O Holy Night. The song O Holy Night was written in the mid-1800s. There was a parish priest who asked a French merchant who was also a poet if he would write a poem to Luke chapter 2, the Christmas story. The Frenchman was not a Christian. He didn't go to church, and he was known as a partier. However, he was a very good poet. And after he wrote the poem, O Holy Night, he loved it so much, he asked a Jewish friend to put the poem to music. Later, in 1813, a preacher named John Sullivan Dwight who could not preach, and finally left pastoring over it, started a music publication business. So the story goes like this, three guys, a Frenchman who was a poet that liked to party, a Jewish man who didn't follow Jesus, and a preacher who couldn't preach helped make O Holy Night famous. The song became so popular that it was sang in all the churches until everyone realized who wrote the song and who wrote the tune. And then they said, you've got to shut this song down. But by then it was way too late and the song was enormously popular as it still is today. Another interesting thing about the carol is about five decades later in 1906, a 33-year-old Canadian professor did what many people thought was impossible. In his own garage, he made a makeshift generator plugged in a microphone into it, and did the very first AM radio broadcast in the history of the world on Christmas Eve in 1906. He spoke into the microphone, and he read Luke chapter 2, the Christmas story. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And he read the entire chapter Then he took out his violin and he played it into the microphone. And the very first song over broadcast across the radio airways in the history of the world was this song, O Holy Night. This is a church hymnal from 1911 from my library. And I want to read to you. It says, O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It's the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angels' voices. Oh, night divine, the night when Christ was born. Now we can only imagine what it would have been like to have been there on that night, that holy night. Today, when we think of the manger scene, there's a lot of sentiment and tradition. In our home, still up in the attic, we have an old manger scene that's on its last leg. When you flip the switch, a nice warm light glows behind the manger. There's hay and wood and everyone's dressed in layers and it looks like such a cuddly, cozy night. You've got the baby Jesus, the virgin Mary, Joseph, and the cattle are lowing. What, whatever lowing means, I have no idea, but they were lowing. And, and there's this very sentimental draw to the whole scene. And the scene has been made to make us all feel so warm and well-lit, which kind of does us all a disservice. The reality is, as a teenage girl is pregnant by the Holy Spirit awkward, and she has just ridden somewhere between 80 to 120 miles while nine months pregnant on a donkey, painful. When Tracy was pregnant, she rode in a Ford with adjustable seats. When Joseph and Mary get into town, they were exhausted and there was no place to stay. No room at the Marriott, the Hyatt, or the Double tree Even Motel 6 did not leave a light on. So they end up in what most likely a lot of scholars believe was kind of like a cave. It's a place where the animals would go to get some shelter in rough weather. I've been to this place in the Holy Land and what we call a manger was not wooden nor soft. It was more like a rock with a hewn out impression. It was a a trough where animals would come and feed or drink. She's giving birth in the worst environment possible. It's not only not sterile, animal stuff is all around. She has no epidural. Mary is a little girl probably screaming her brains out as she labors to give birth. I remember the first time that Tracy gave birth. It was so intense, I started screaming too. <laughs> I did the Lamaze breathing technique and and with Tracy, and, and it helped me some. Then I lost my rhythm, and it all got kind of chaotic. And then all of a sudden, there, there he was, voila, our firstborn baby, Pastor Samuel, wrapped in Kaiser blankets. I was a wreck until that moment. Tracy was amazing. I was a wimp. There is one phrase in the song, O Holy Night, that I want to focus in on, and then we're going to sing it together. Here's the phrase. The song says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. A weary world rejoices. And then the song continues, for yonder breaks a new inglorious morn. If there's two words that accurately describe our world today, I'd say it's a weary world. Wouldn't you agree? There's so much anxiety, so much anger, so much stress, so much fear about the future. Relationships are being broken, and it feels like every fourth person seems to have some kind of sickness, illness, some type of disease. Many families are struggling just to stay together. A lot of kids are being raised by one heroic parent. It's almost like we're fighting just to stay above water, and I think many people today relate to this phrase, the weary world. The weary world rejoices, but what I love about this song is it says that there's a thrill of hope. In the chaos of this holy night, there's a thrill of hope, and my prayer for you is if there's any weary world in you, that you'll experience a thrill of hope, and that inside of your weary world, you'll find the faith to rejoice. Because even in the chaos of this night over 2,000 years ago, there was a new and glorious morn. We've all had some dark nights. But think about it, not just what happened on that holy night. Think about what happens the next day when the sun comes up. The Savior has been born It's a new and glorious morning. It's a new day. Everything is different because of Jesus. Jesus has changed everything. When Jesus Christ is born again into your heart, everything changes. The book of Lamentations is an ancient book, and it was written after the city of Jerusalem had fallen. And at that moment of tragedy, the prophet Jeremiah speaks out with this declaration, For the salvation of the Lord. Three things that I'd like for us to see on this holy night before the morn. Number one, Jesus is our source for today. Jeremiah said, The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is all you need, He is your portion. He'll bring to you what you need. Not always what you want, but what you need. What does it mean to say the Lord is my portion? Well, it could mean any number of different things. Some scholars believe, and I tend to agree, that it likely is referring back to a time when the Israelites were wandering in the desert and God provided for them a daily portion of manna. Every day when they would wake up, God would give them exactly enough food. He would be their portion for that day. The Lord is our portion. He provides what we need. The interesting thing is if they ever tried to hoard the food or even save some for the next day, the food wouldn't last. It would rot. God was teaching them that they needed to depend on him every single day as their source. You can never learn that God is your portion until you need him to be. Recognizing Jesus as our source for today brings joy into our lives. Looking for him throughout your day look for the God moments in your life. George Strait sang a great song called, I Saw God Today. It was about how in the simple moments of your day, you can see and find God at work in your life. We can learn to be grateful for what we have today without worrying about tomorrow. The Lord is our portion. Which brings us to our next point. Jesus is our hope for tomorrow. It's the thrill of hope in a weary world. It's the belief that there's a a new morning after a long night. You know, many people are hope-deprived because we keep putting our hope in all the wrong places. Hebrews 10, verse 23, it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. When people let go of hope, they, they cling to fear and anger and anxiety. Putting your hope in Jesus this Christmas means turning our greatest worries to him. One day, death was walking toward a man who stopped him and asked, what are you going to do? And death said, I'm going to kill 10,000 people. The man said, that's horrible. Death said, that's the way it is. That's what I do. As the day passed, the man began to warn everyone he could of death's plan. At the end of the day, he met death again. Hey, you said you were going to kill 10,000 people and yet 100,000 people died today. Death said, I did only kill 10,000 today. Worry and fear killed the others. Worry grows things in our minds and feeds our fears and it will always make matters worse. Proverbs says, anxiety in the heart of a person weighs them down, but a good word makes us glad. Worry causes fatigue during Christmas. It's a burden too heavy for anyone to carry. Worry is exhausting for you. It makes us a weary world. Jesus, our hope for tomorrow, he is our hope because he wants to help you, and he has the resources to do that. One of my favorite verses is in Matthew chapter 11. It's where Jesus says, are you tired? Are you worn out, burn out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life and I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. And I love this part. Learn the enforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Number one, Jesus is our source for today. Number two, Jesus is our hope for tomorrow. And the third thing is, Jesus is our salvation for eternity. Hebrews 6 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. You know, through this past Year at times, it's been really ugly and uncertain. Thankfully, we have had a anchor, a beautiful anchor for our souls in Jesus. And no matter what today or tomorrow holds, our eternity is secure through Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It's the night of the dear Savior's birth. This is the season to reflect and to evaluate our lives. And I don't think there's any question after the year that we've had that our world needs saving and that no one human being is capable of doing that. Lamentations 3 verse 26, it says, It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. What if today, tonight, is your holy night? Some of you have already been born into the family of God and you need to be saved out of a very difficult situation. Jesus was born into the night to bring you goodness and light. But the first step to receiving hope begins with surrender. A weary world needs rest. We cannot save ourselves. Don't carry your burdens, your worries and fears one more day. Jesus is the Son of God. He was born of a virgin. Jesus died on the cross and rose again so that we could receive eternal life. On this holy night, this holy night, would you pray with me? And let's make this a holy moment. If you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior on the eve of this holy night, I'm going to pray a Christmas prayer to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And if you'd like you can make this your prayer too. Dear Jesus, I'm so tired. Tired of relying on my own strength, trying to figure out in my mind how to make things work in my life. Tired of that sense of emptiness and even the guilt and condemnation and sometimes shame that I feel. Lord, I need you. I do need a Savior. Every Christmas has come and gone, but this one's different for me. I recognize, and I just want to surrender to you that I need you as my Lord and Savior. And so I place my trust in you now to become just that, my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Amen. Merry Christmas.
0: Thanks for joining us for the Brave Church podcast. If this ministry is impacting you, please consider giving to support what God is doing through our church. For questions or to get connected, please visit brave.church. We'll see you next week.